0: Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast. Informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology this is the cash news podcast now here's tom and sean
1: well hello everybody welcome to another episode of the cash news podcast this one is going to be all about sean and currency research is going to contribute to the podcast, so I'm going to turn it right over to Sean.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tom. One of the things we thought that we would share with you, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, but when we most recently in February did the Banknote and Currency Conference in, in Washington, there was a keynote speech by Mark Gould. The chief payments executive at the Federal Reserve System. And it really set the tone for the, the week and talked all about not only what cash was doing, but the Federal Reserve's payment strategy in general and how to think about the, the evolving payment landscape from cash to digital currency to instant payments, faster payments, and how a central bank thinks about planning for that type of transition um, and how it keeps cash processing and circulating efficiently in the midst of all these changes and how there are so many things in flux and how to respond to those and think about those. So rather than me describe it all, um, we are going to play for you that about 20 minute Keynote address um, to the banknote and currency conference from Mark Gould. If it piques your interest and you would like to purchase an entire copy of the, the conference, please feel free to do that. We'll flash up at the bottom of the screen where you can go and do that. But if you go to the currencyresearch.com website, you can find it there, but we'll send you a specific address. And because you are loyal Cash News podcast listeners, if you use the code Sean and with the and sign, Tom, Sean and Tom, we will give you a discount off that purchase. And how much is a discount? I don't know. I'm feeling generous today. Let's do 50% off, 50% off the purchase price uh, for being loyal podcast listeners using the code Sean and Tom. We'll we'll put that at the bottom of the screen. That's a I know. deal. I'm in wow. a generous mood today for all of our loyal podcast listeners. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> a
1: great deal. And and although it was a very, very rush. Uh, you will get to see me presenting as well. So that at 50% off, like I, I I can I don't know that, that I don't know you're gonna get a better deal than that.
2: Yeah, you will. So we'll do a we'll do another another podcast shortly where we'll show you Tom's presentation. Um, we'll keep them separate so we can get two podcasts out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so enjoy this upcoming video from Mark Gould and get inspired and hear about the the future direction of Fed cash and payments.
0: Hi, good morning, everybody. It's great to uh, it's great to be here. It's nice to see everybody not on a Zoom screen. Um, this is uh, uh, it's a first uh, for a while. Um, I. Uh, I feel a certain pressure kicking off an event that 's the first in person conference that many of us have been to for uh, for a couple of years and so I, I walked around outside this morning to clear my head a little bit and i I stood a, across the street from the hotel and my team back home is uh, wanting to know like what's going on and so I, I took a, a picture of the hotel standing there and and next to me there was a, a lady waiting at the crosswalk waiting to cross the street and And um, as I was taking a picture of the hotel, she looked at me, she looked at the hotel, and she looked back at me, and then she took out her phone and took a picture of the hotel. Now, I don't know what her story is going to be about this picture. My story is that this is the venue for the first uh, industry event that I've been to in a couple of years, and it is terrific to be back here. Um, So I thought a lot about what I wanted to um, talk about uh, this morning, and and I really think that I'd I'd like to focus on the theme of of change. And as I was thinking about my comments, I thought about all the conferences that I've been to with many of you over a number of years, many business trips. And one trip as as I went through my memory banks really stood out for me. Um, a number of years ago, I uh, you know, flew to a, a new city, a city I'd never been to before, and, and uh, you know, get in this robotic mindset, right? You, you grab your, your suitcase from the overhead bin, you go through the airport, uh, you, you jump in a cab, and, uh, and as I did, I told the cab driver the, the destination of where I wanted to go, the name of the hotel. And we pulled away from the curb, started down the, the road away from the airport um, like a thousand times before. And after a few moments, he turned around to me, and he said, do you know where we're going? And I said, well, yes. And I, again, gave him the name of the hotel. And he said, yeah, I, I got that, um, but I don't know where that is. And I said, well, you're the, you're the taxi driver. You're supposed to know. I'm, I'm just uh, visiting. And he said, well, see, the thing is, um, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but today is my first day. I don't know where anything is, and you're my first customer. And uh, so I said, OK, well, this is interesting. You know, if you travel enough, eventually you'll see everything. And and I, I, just, I sat there, and I thought about what to do. And my first instinct was to say, turn around, go back to the airport, and I'll find a more experienced cab driver. But then I thought, well, you know, I, he seems like a nice enough guy, doesn't seem like he's trying to rip me off by taking me the long way to my destination. So I thought, you know what, we can figure this out. So. Can you at least get us pointed towards the central business district? And he said, yeah, I can do that. And I said, all right, I'll call the hotel on my BlackBerry uh, because, you know, that's pre-iPhone. No GPS, no Google Maps or anything like that. I'll call the hotel and, you know, ask them for some rudimentary directions, like what exit should we take? What streets should we look for? Are there landmarks? Other things like that. And so I did, and so then we, we set out on this quest. It became a quest to find the hotel. Um, and we took a lot of wrong turns. In no way did we take the most direct route, but we made it. We made it to the hotel, and it's the only time ever in my history of riding in taxis that I high-fived the cab driver. At the end of the ride, the sense of mission accomplished. And uh, uh, so, so what did I learn from this? You know. To me, the, the, the key lesson from this is that setting out for a destination without clear directions is pretty difficult, but it's not impossible. And I would offer you to, that I think that's where we find ourselves as an industry today. We're at a crossroads. Even the structure of this conference, if you, you stop and think about it, it, it reflects that fact. We're starting the week you know, talking about currency, features, sensors inks substrates you name it all the the technical and policy aspects of of currency circulation trends patterns what we saw during the pandemic etc we're ending the week talking about digital currency so i caution all of us and myself to not underestimate the amount of change that we could see in the decade ahead i mean We've been through a lot of, of, of innovation, we've seen a lot of innovation in the payment space over the course of several decades, and cash has remained resilient throughout that history. But will it? Will it continue to remain strong for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? You know, What will the, the future hold? We, we've seen currency demand strengthen even more during the pandemic, but will it Will it revert back to where it was before? Or will it change? You know, how do we know and how do we find out the answers? You know, do we, do we ask Siri or Alexa or something like that? They, they, they don't know the answer either. And so I, just, I would just offer that there really is no roadmap for the decade we're about to experience together. So as I think about what we should do as an industry, what each of us individually and in our, our banks or in supplier community, what should we do? Well, I think, you know, frankly, the answer might be what any of us would do if we were faced with the situation that I had in this taxi cab that I referenced uh, a few moments ago. So if you were trying to find your way to an unfamiliar destination, what would you do? You had no map. You, found, you had to find your way to this hotel, this place, this particular ballroom with no directions whatsoever. What would you do? Well, I think you know, the first thing that any of us would do would probably be to scan our horizons. We'd look around. You know, we'd we'd you know, try to figure out directional hints maybe from the things around us is it sunrise is it sunset is it the beginning of the day do we see activity happening on the streets we might look at what the people are doing where are they going are they eating are they uh are they heading does it look like they're heading home after a long day we would look at things differently and more closely not just the places but the people and most importantly by simply making the effort to look really carefully at things that you normally take for granted, you'll probably see some things that you otherwise would have missed along the way. So, you know, if I think about adapting this to our current business situation. I think the same lesson is highly relevant. So a lot of companies, I mean, history is littered with companies that have been disrupted out of business to their detriment, obviously, as a result of not fully paying attention to what's happening around them. I mean, you know, I could spend an hour giving examples and so could you. I mean, companies like Apple, you know, after they, they disrupted and transformed the cellular telephone business, they, they disrupted the music business and then a whole bunch of other businesses along the way. I mean, do you think anybody in the music business thought Apple Computer was coming to, to eat their lunch? Then, in the retail business, Amazon has completely transformed how most of us buy day-to-day things. But you know, they were just the latest. I mean, before them, you know, Walmart, Costco, many other retailers innovated you know, and, and just tr- changed the face of that, of that industry. And of course, you know, who, there's probably a dwindling number of people that remember actually going to a video store to pick out a movie to watch that night, um, which you know, when you tell that story to someone under 15 years of age, they look at you like you may have been born before electricity. But it actually did happen. And obviously Netflix and many other companies have completely transformed that business. So what changes are underway around us, either in the payment space, or in industries adjacent to it, or in completely different industries entirely you know, that might affect our business. You know, think about you know, during the pandemic, how, how have people bought things? I mean, I'm among the people who, uh, for the first time, used Instacart, for example, or DoorDash during the pandemic. And you know what? I've kept using it <laughs> since the, the pandemic has, uh, has started to wane. So I mean, how people buy things may have changed permanently as a result of the pandemic. I mean, something else, what if, what if work, what if how we work and where we work changes more fundamentally? And again, I just think about my own experience. So if I go to the office, I, I pay a bridge toll or I, I take a train, I pay for parking, I buy coffee, I buy lunch, might get a drink after work. I mean, there might be a dozen transactions that I make during the day. If I work from home, I make none of those transactions. And so what happens if more people are working more virtually more of the time? What does that mean for our business? What other new developments in industries, again unrelated potentially to payments, but maybe adjacent to payments? Think about the, the cars that we drive. What if you know, in the future we're, <laughs> we're charging our cars in the garage in our house more than we're filling them up at a gas station? What if payments become just invisible, seamlessly integrated into the, the apps or the experiences, the purchase decisions that we make? You know, one thing that all of these companies have in common is that <clears throat> the biggest surprises that they experienced came from the directions they weren't looking. So the question is for us is, you know, which direction are we not looking? So, uh, so what's next? Uh, so let me keep going back to this analogy of being lost. Uh, another thing that we would do is check our assumptions. <laughs> now one of my favorite things to do when I go to a strange city or a new city that I've never been to before, I like to get to the hotel and then, you know, after I've unpacked and settled in, I like to explore. So, I'll uh, go to my room and I'll get out the map, either on my phone or a physical map, and I'll look at the area around and say, okay, I think I'm gonna pick this area and I'm gonna go explore over there. Well, then, you know, something kind of funny happens. You get in the elevator, you back down to the lobby, you know, and out one of the hotel room doors, the hotel doors, and find yourself on the street, and I start walking. (laughs) And I often think I know where I'm going, but I'm a little embarrassed to say more often than not. I find myself walking very confidently in exactly the wrong direction. And uh, I realize this after I re- see that I'm not seeing any of the things that I was expecting to see. I'm not seeing the landmarks, the street signs. I'm not seeing anything that I was uh, that I had set out to see. And so, you know, there are advantages to walking in the wrong direction. I mean, you'll see some things that you weren't expecting to, maybe good or bad. But it's most definitely not going to get you where you set out to go. So as, you, as I walk and I, I, I'm failing to see all of these uh, landmarks and things that I was expecting to see, I know I need to go back, reset, uh, reset my navigational assumptions and, uh, you know, and try again. I really think as an industry, you know, we could fall into this exact same trap. It's really easy. If we are not constantly checking our assumptions and scanning our surroundings, we could absolutely, as an industry, be confidently walking, very confidently, in exactly the wrong direction. So what do we do? Well, I mean, a good place to start might be simply to understand, to articulate, what assumptions are we making? And then we can go about the process of potentially questioning those. So what are some of those assumptions? Well, is an assumption that currency and circulation will just continue to rise indefinitely for all time. Is that a reasonable assumption? I mean, it's been pretty reasonable in the past, I mean, we've seen a lot of change as a society, and currency in circulation is just, I describe it as an up and to the right chart to varying degrees. You know, a little less during normal times, a little more during crisis time. Will that continue? If the store of value becomes the dominant use case as we're seeing a decline in transactions, you know, what does that mean? What new risks or issues does that present? And what new competitors might emerge coming after that store of value use case? What assumptions are we making about the speed of change? I'll admit, I was pretty humbled during the pandemic by the speed of the change that we saw. I used to think that consumer behavior would change very stubbornly and slowly over time. That didn't happen during the pandemic. It changed very swiftly. What does that mean about the future? What assumptions are we making about the rise <coughs> of digital assets? Will it be a passing fad? Is it, is it just you know kind of a fringe case right now? Or is it going mainstream? And what assumptions are we making or not making about our own role in, <coughs> excuse me, helping to shape the extent to which cash becomes digital? What assumptions are we making about the first time you give a public address after two years of a pandemic <laughs> and, and you have a scratchy throat, well, you know, how do we know what we don 't know we don 't we don't. well you know, so what do you do? Well, one step might be to make some new friends. Now, let me be the first to say we have a lot of great friends in this room, and I value you know, many of you who i 've known for, for decades. That said, you know in an insular group like this, you know we can tend to rely on the way things have been in the past. <clears throat> we might approach new challenges with familiar strategies. We might assume that the, fu- the future will be similar to the past. We might stay in our traditional lanes. And you know, the reality is that every person in this room is a subject matter expert in matters related to currency. But none of us are a subject matter expert about the future. <clears throat> so if there's consensus in this room, that the next decade is gonna be uh, the most dynamic any of us have experienced. It stands to reason that traditional thinking alone is not gonna work. So on a journey to an unfamiliar destination like I started talking about, we would step out of our comfort zone and talk to other people. And the same is true for us here and now, and that's my advice to, to all of us, including myself. Stepping out of our comfort zone and exposing ourselves to non-traditional thinking. The good news is you have a perfect opportunity to do that this week. You're at this conference, the Digital Currency Conference on Friday. It's an opportunity to, to bring worlds together that traditionally don't meet. So talk to somebody outside your sphere of influence. It's tempting to go back to our friends that we've known for years, but talk to other people that you don't know. Meet people who think differently than you do. Of course, this is great to do at the conference, but it doesn't have to stop there. Thank you. You can do this when you return home as well, and you know. So I'll offer two personal examples in case you know you need a head start in thinking about how to do this. So later this week, you'll have a chance to meet uh, the, <clears throat> the Federal Reserve's new chief innovation officer, Sunaina Tuteja. Um, she's speaking on Friday at the digital currency conference, and you know, since joining the Fed uh, a year ago, um, she has had me on a steady diet of news, information, meetings, introductions, you know, et cetera, podcasts, um, <clears throat> and it's been mind-expanding for me because it's you know completely non-traditional. It's the startup world, it's the innovation world, it's the digital asset world, people that I otherwise would never get exposed to, and she sets it up for me. To me, it's been a very mind-expanding experience, and I really value that. Now in return, I have also, you might be happy, I hope you're happy to know that I've been working to convince her that the currency business is not nearly as old-fashioned as she thought it was, that there has actually is a lot of technology and um, you know, high-tech features in, in currency. And you'll have to ask her on Friday. I think I've convinced her a little bit. But it's, uh, but it's, it's been really educational and developmental for me, and I, I enjoy it greatly. Uh, another thing that I've been doing for the past year so I've, uh, you know, my team of people is across the country, but I have a, a small group, a, a handful of people, younger folks on my team, that I meet with once a week for about 30 minutes, and they assign me homework. So these are they're all you know people employees you know under 30, and they assign me a series of articles, podcasts, videos, you know whatever uh, that they think that I need to see. Then they're completely in charge. So you tell me what I need to, to read things that I probably wouldn't otherwise run across, and then we meet and we talk about it once a week. And it's terrific. It's like it's probably the meeting I most look forward to every week, to be completely honest. They look forward to it, too. We have a great conversation. I learned something. They're completely in charge. And it exposes me to thinking that I otherwise wouldn't be exposed to. So what this looks like for you probably will be different. But if you take only one thing away from my conversation with you this morning, do this. Regularly expose yourself to some different types of thinking that you otherwise wouldn't run across in your day-to-day world. So where does this leave us? Well, it may not always feel like it. It certainly hasn't felt like it for the last two years. Uh, But I actually believe that we're pretty fortunate. We're pretty fortunate to be in this business at this particular moment in history. Uh, Because I think the amount of change the payment business will experience is increasing. The speed with which that change is happening is accelerating. And the range of participants in this business is expanding. And all of those things are happening more quickly than we could have possibly ever imagined. So against that backdrop, I actually think it's really important to recognize how vital our product is to consumers worldwide. Cash is and remains the most inclusive and accessible payment instrument in the world. And it still is. Whether it's someone's primary means of payment or maybe their backup payment instrument, citizens around the world are counting on us every day to meet their demand with safe and accessible banknotes. The decade ahead is not going to be easy. uh, Just as the past two years were really among the most difficult, I think, in most of our careers. But we have the opportunity. To play a part in how this all unfolds. And personally, I can't wait to see where this goes working together. So thank you and enjoy the rest of the conference.
1: All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the video. As Sean said before, Sean and Tom, right? The symbol is 50% off for the whole entire conference. Three, Three days, days of, of content. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to see the content. Trust me. If you're spending the time listening to this podcast, it makes sense. And Sean, any final words for the group?
2: Just hope you enjoyed it. It was uh, fantastic. Uh, you'll hear it referenced throughout the course of the days. I think Mark really kind of encapsulated the thoughts on what's going on in the industry and, and how to how to adapt to all these changing environments. So, so no, that's it. Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, Tom and I will be back with you, presumably next week, talking about something fun. We haven't figured it out yet.
1: (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, like, subscribe, give us a review. It helps us.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.